Hello and welcome to the Movement Podcast with Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center. This week we are celebrating Mother's Day with a special message from our very own First Lady, Barbara T. Lockett. Thank you again for joining us and happy Mother's Day. Father, I pray even now on this morning that your manifest presence, your manifest glory will be amongst us on today, that we will experience you in a tangible way, that every mother that's watching on streaming, that's in person, that you are encouraging mothers, you are healing hearts, you are delivering souls on today. Father, I pray for that right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, just play a little bit more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. Keep playing softly. I saw the back of somebody's ankle, and I declare God is healing somebody's ankle. If that's you, if you're in here, raise your hand. If you're watching on streaming, I saw the back of somebody's ankle. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. Keep playing, keep playing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I declare healing even now over the Achilles. I declare healing right now over someone's Achilles right now, Achilles tendon. Lord, I pray healing even now. I pray that that thing is growing back in Jesus' name. I pray for healing in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, we praise a living God. We praise a living God. Come on, he's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. If that's you, put it in the chat box. Hallelujah. Lord, we declare healing power be released right now. Yes. Yes. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. The great impregnator of Mary. Come. Yes. Woo. Father, I pray for mothers on today. I pray that you're strengthening mothers, that every lie of the enemy is broken off of their minds. Every form of depression is broken. Every form of suicide is broken. Every form of confusion is broken. Right now, I pray heaviness be lifted up off of mothers today. In the name of Jesus, that mothers are filled with joy. They might not have done everything they thought they should have, raising their children, but Lord, give them peace. Make them guilt-free on this morning, Father. I pray that mothers have a clean conscience this morning, that they walk in the liberty of Christ. They walk in the liberty of Christ. They walk in the liberty of Christ. Father, I pray for that right now, for all that are even watching today who may be discouraged because they were not able to birth a natural child, Father. I pray that you're encouraging their hearts on this morning. Every woman who sees this as a day of depression, as a day of fear, as a day of anxiety, instead of a day of joy, I break it right now in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom in the minds of every woman who wanted to birth the child but has not. I declare freedom in the name of Jesus. You are still called. You have a purpose in Jesus Christ. And I declare you are who God says that you are. Father, I pray for strength today for every mother who has lost a child, who has lost a child in pregnancy. There was, there was, there was, a, there was a stillbirth. There was a birth where the child came out dead. Father, I pray for healing right now in our hearts for every person that has aborted their child. I pray for healing right now in their hearts. I pray for healing. I thank you, Lord, for grace. 
And I thank you for mercy that even forgives abortion on this morning. Father, I pray that consciences are cleansed, that faith is rising. Come on, lift your voice to the Lord. Lift your voice to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Father, I pray that your overwhelming comfort be released in this place, that every mother be strengthened, every person be strengthened, that the word come forth with power in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody, say amen. Say amen. Say amen. Hallelujah. You know, mothers are special, and I give it up for my mother, First Lady Lockett. Amen. She's going to be speaking to us on today. Well, isn't God good? Hallelujah. We honor the Lord for his presence in this place. God is so good to us today. I thank God for enabling us to see another Mother's Day. A lot of mothers didn't make it today, but I thank God that he spared our lives. So we certainly want to honor all of the mothers, the young, the old, the single mothers, whatever situation you may be in on today. We want to honor the Lord for your presence. And we do honor all of the mothers here at Triad Christian Center. And to those of you who may not be in the place, but you are tuning in, God bless you mothers. God is so good to us. I was driving here today from Evangel and I thought about my own precious mother, Mother Mary Ruth Turner. And I thought about the wonderful memories. I'm sad, but I'm so glad that I had a mother that loved God and who trained me and taught me to do the right thing. And I was just rejoicing in the fact that my mom lived. How many of you know that it had it not been for your mama, you wouldn't be here on today. I don't care if you got problems with her or she's got problems with you. Had it not been for your mother, you would not be here on today. And so for that, we are just so thankful. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. We do. You may be seated. We thank the Lord for Pastor Joshua and for his allowing us to be here on today. God is good. God is good. And I just thank the Lord for the body of Christ today. You know, there's so many things happening in the body that tends to shake up believers. And I don't care how long you've been a believer. There are things that come into life many times that seem to shake us, Mother. But I'm so glad because the Lord sustains us and he keeps us in his care. The devil isn't trying to get your car, your house, your husband. He's trying to get your faith. Because he realizes that if we don't have faith, it's impossible to please God. So he's trying to get us in the position where we cannot please God. But I'm so thankful today because he is consistent in his love. How many of you know that God is consistent? He loves us even when we don't love ourselves. Oh, yes. If the truth be told, he loves us when we don't want to love him back. But I'm just so thankful today because God is blessing us. I'm not going to be before you long. Normally on Mother's Day, I take on the position of mother. Um, and I speak from that mode. 
and that I want to encourage all of my children in the Lord. And some of you may be older, some may be younger, but I consider you to be my babies on today, if you will allow me. I thank God for my own children. Uh, Pastor Josh is my youngest, and I, I thank God for the ability to be a mother. According to the word of God, our children are like olives around the table. They're a gift from God. They are like arrows that are in the quiver, and our quiver, uh, many quivers are full of them. Some quivers are more full than others. But as a mom, we have the ability, and as a father, but we're talking about mothers today. We have an opportunity to direct that arrow, and, 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 and that's in the training and the upbringing of that arrow. And so when, when that child is old, we shoot them out into this world, and they become weapons to destroy the kingdom of God. Won't you just bless the Lord for the opportunity to even direct arrows against the kingdom of the enemy. So we thank the Lord for that today, and I just praise God. Let me tell you something. Can I just share this with you? I don't want you to ever get to the place where you take God's blessings for granted. I've noticed that sometimes in church, when we're supposed to be praising God, we sit and preoccupied with what we're going to do after church is over or what just happened before church started. But I, I, I've learned this, thanks of God. When I sit down many times before a meal that may have cost $10 or $12, and you may say, well, first lady, I don't know why you're excited about that, but can I tell you this? I am thankful for the provision. I am thankful that God provided me with the means. You can look at me and say, well, that's just being overly excited, but don't you know there are many people who die daily because they don't have food to eat? And so you can't tell me that God is not worth our praise today. I don't care how tired you are, don't care how sleepy you are, God deserves the praise. Come on, try it. Can we give God the praise on this morning? You don't ever want to grow bored or feel that God owes you anything. Because the truth be told, we could have been dead years ago buried in our grave, or either we could have been alive crazy as a nut, but God loved us so much. So every time we have opportunity to live another day, the Bible says that every morning we wake up, his mercies are new. And I look at it too, his opportunities. What you left yesterday is in the past. When you wake up every morning, there are new opportunities, new courage, new motivation. So as believers of God, we're here because we love him, and we want to be that light for all others. And so on today, I want to talk to you very briefly about empowered to receive the blessings. Won't you say that with me? Empowered to receive the blessings. As many of you know, the word empowerment is what you call a buzzword. You know, even with um, women's empowerment, uh, employees' empowerment, everybody's getting empowered. Everybody. And sometimes you have to scratch your head and say, were they empowered to do what they just did? So as believers, we have to realize that we have already been empowered. There's nothing we got to pray for, ask for. We have, if we are a believer and Christ lives in us, then we are already what? empowered. And you, you got to talk back to me, to all of our listening audience. I want you to talk. I want those of you in here to talk. 
I know you got on your mask, but I've heard some really, I've been in some mighty noisy places, Elder Glenn, with mask on. So we're not going to get quiet because we in church. Amen. Triad will not forget the goodness of God. Triad will not forget what God has done for us. Triad will not forget where God has brought us from. So we're talking about being empowered, and that's a wonderful thing because of empowerment is the authority or power given to someone to do something. Individuals are given empowerment to become what they know they have been called to become and to be. Through this process, they become stronger and more confident in who they are. I know that I have been empowered to live a, a life of love. I know I have been empowered to be saved. I know I have been empowered to call those things that be not as though they, are, they were. I know I have been empowered. As believers, it is necessary that we realize our empowerment. In Ephesians 1, 17th and through the 19th verses, Paul's prayer, and we hear Pastor Josh praying this every time um, he ministers or before he ministers. And Paul, uh, it, Paul is to be the believed writer of this scripture. And, and, and the, the prayer is that the God of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We need wisdom and revelation. We will not be empowered any more than what we know of him. Because we read the scriptures that say that we can do not just what he did, but the Bible says that we will be able to do what? Greater. So if we don't know what he's able to do, we don't know the level of our empowerment. And the sad thing about it today is that I believe that the church has to really begin to study him to become a part. If he lives in you and you live in him, then you know who he is. So many mornings uh, we pray and many uh, Sunday mornings before the message, we pray that the eyes um, of our understanding of our heart would be what? Flooded with light flooded with light, that we may know what is the hope of his calling. We've got to know. That's how we are empowered. Who said that knowledge is power? And, and it goes for us who are in the body of Christ. If we don't know what God is or what we've been called to do, we'll never be able to walk in it. So our prayer is that our hearts will be enlightened and flooded with light so, so that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory, of his inheritance is in the saints. And what is, and this, the other thing, the last part of this, is that we need to know what the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. If you don't know who you are, you know, you'll never know. If you don't study God and, and allow him to be real in your life, and so what we have to understand is that we've already been empowered. And I know we quote as Pentecostals, as, as full gospel believers, we quote Acts 1 and 8, right? But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Not just a witness to somebody else to be saved, but we're witnesses to show forth what God can do in our life. 
our lifestyle, our ability, our capabilities. And so we are witnesses now. But, but know this. Tell your neighbor, say, you heard that, but know this. And don't act like you all don't talk in church. Come on, talk to your neighbor. Say, uh, you heard that, but you need to know this. The believers were given authority before he gave them the Holy Spirit. Because Matthew 10 and 1, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them what? Power and authority against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So say, I have been given authority and power. And you have to have the authority before you get the goods. You got to have the authority because with the authority, it comes how you do it, when you do it. That's what the wisdom part is, how much you do it. So he enabled us. He gave us authority through what? That matchless name of Jesus. We stand in the place of Jesus. Many times I have to represent Mother Mac, uh, um, Lofton, who is our state supervisor. If I have to go to a conference that she cannot attend, I stand and I, I don't get up there in, 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 in my voice, in Barbara Lockett's voice. I'm so glad that you all here are here. Thank you very much. No, my th first comment is on behalf of Mother Patricia Lofton, I would like to say that we love you and appreciate you. Even though I am speaking, even though it is my actions, I have been authorized by Mother Patricia Lofton to speak what I speak. I want you to know as believers in this place today that God has given you the authority to do what he has called you to do in this land. There's a woman um, who was working with the women's empowerment back in the 70s. I mean, this thing's been going on for a long time. It's a buzzword now, but it's been here for a long time. But she said something very interesting. It's almost spiritual. She said this about empowering women. She said, empowerment is the consistent coupling of privileges to responsibilities. Wow, that's powerful. Empowerment is the consistent not when we feel like it, not when we want to feel saved today, but it is the consistent coupling of privileges to responsibilities. She goes on to say this, if you have certain identifiable privileges without identifiable responsibilities and or vice versa, you are being not just empowered, you are being dis empowered. Let me say that again. If you have identifiable privileges and you don't take up any identifiable responsibilities, you are actually being disempowered. Well, the corresponding scripture, James 2.17 says, even so, faith, if it is not if it hath not worked, it's dead being alone. Isn't that the same concept? You can't have the privilege of answered prayer and you take no responsibility. 18th verse says, yes, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works. 
Whenever you raise a child in your house and you don't require anything of that child in order to receive the paternal, uh, not paternal, but parental blessings, you know what you're raising? You're raising a child that will grow up and not want to work because everything has been handed to him. But God uh, requires that we have a corresponding behavior to what we're asking. Why? Because it grows us. It grows us. It's not that he needs it. Do you not know that God could just open up heaven and begin to uh, pour out blessings and we could just walk down the streets and pick up whatever we needed? But God is interested in our growth. He is interested in our what? Maturity. And he does not want to raise any believers in the body of Christ and they not know how to respond to the blessings. Early in my childhood, I went to church and there was an elder who would always give the, say the phrase, uh, many of us are living beneath our privileges. And I used to think as a young child, what do you mean living beneath your privilege? Every, every time he would say that, I remember thinking about that in my mind. How does a believer live beneath his or her privilege? Because as a believer, you got to understand, I wanted everything. See, I'm still like that. Uh, I, I may have $100 in the bank, but if you cheated me two cents in a store, I'd rather give it to you. But you're not going to take it from me. And so many times we live beneath our privilege because we don't ask or we're unaware of where we can live. And for many, many years, Christians, believers felt that we had to be almost the scum of the earth in order to show humility. But you can be the scum of the earth and still be just as proud as you want to be. And so I said, what, what sense does it make that I'm saved and I'm living beneath my privileges? How dumb was that? So I made an effort to find out what I could do. What I could do. Ignorance is costly. I retired a few years ago, uh, Elder Taylor, and um, I had a, a person to kind of walk me through it. Because how many of you retired before you retired? Nobody. So when you retire, you don't know what it means to retire. You don't know what you're supposed to do. You don't know what you're supposed to get. So you have to have somebody to tell you what you need to do. Can you believe that for a whole year, say one whole year, said this was first lady's loss, I paid an insurance premium, which equal to about $800 a month to Latoria and didn't find out until the end of that year that because I had retired as a North Carolina state employee that I had free insurance. I didn't know it. I paid more than I ever should have. It was my loss. They, couldn't, they weren't going to refund it to me because somehow they figured, even though I had never retired, that I should have known it. 
There are things that you will never be able to get back unless God says so. If you keep walking this life, uh, as if you're skipping through the roses and not paying attention to who God is and what God has, has uh, called you into. That's for the young people in here too. You got destiny. You got to know that God wants more for you than you can even ask or think. He's got more for you. And so, um, how do we receive uh, these blessings? Remember, our, our subject is empowered to do what? Receive blessings. So, we receive it through faith. James 4 says that if there is something we want, we need to ask who for it? God. Instead of resorting to ungodly means. Can I tell you that even in the body of Christ, it amazes me, it saddens me to see people who have given up on praying and asking God, and they are reaching for ungodly ways to bring about solutions in their lives. Can I tell you that you are slowing your process, and if you're not careful, you will be walking out of the will of God. And so we must, we have to understand that we have to ask. It stands to reason that there are some things that we will never get unless we ask for them. Can I say that over here? There are some things that we may not ever get if we don't ask for it. You mothers know you've scolded your children because they just started crying and you want to know what was wrong with them. I wanted a cookie like, like a, 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 a Donald, but you didn't ask for it. I know, but I wanted it. There's some things you'll never get if you don't ask for it. And how do we ask? In prayer. And that's the reason Christians have to be dedicated to prayer. You show me somebody who doesn't like to pray, I'll show you a weak Christian. You show me somebody who doesn't like to pray, I'll show you somebody who's spending money like I did on something that they already have. Because they don't have the knowledge. So we pray today for wisdom. We pray today that God will show us him. James 1 and 5 says that if you lack wisdom, that you need to ask of God. And then we skip down to uh, verse number 7. It says, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord if he wavers like the wave on the sea. Have you ever met Christians today? They love him. They're on fire. Next week, when you say Jesus, they say who? They, yeah, they are, they are what, I, what my mama used to call wishy-washy. Y'all heard of that term? That's a mother's term today. They just wishy-washy. They're on the fence. On the fence means that they're not on either side. They're just on the fence. I want you to know, Triad Christian Center, that it's time for some of y'all to come off the fence and decide where you're going to be. Either you're for him, you're with him, you love to talk to him through prayer, or you don't. And if you don't and you want more, then you have to ask for more. And you have to become responsible. Enjoying our podcast? Well, we invite you to join us live Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern. Tune in on Facebook or YouTube by searching Triad Christian Center or visit our website, www.triadchristiancenter.org. And now, announcements from Pastor Josh. On this coming Sunday, we're going to have communion. We are moving it to third Sunday, so I want to encourage everybody to join us. We're not live in person, but still make that note in your mind. I also want to make mention that on May the 22nd, amen, say the 22nd. 
We're going to actually have our second food outreach of the year. Amen. And we're going to be blessing families with free food right here on this parking lot. And if you want to be a part of that, just stay tuned for more information. We had a good amount of volunteers that helped out last time. We're going to believe God for more impact on this upcoming uh, upcoming event. I also want to make mention that on May 30th, if you're interested in connecting with this ministry, I want you to stay tuned because on Connect Day, we're going to have our Connect Day uh, on May 30th. So we're going to connect with you at 1 p.m. If you'd like to join this ministry, be a part of this ministry. I want to make sure that you have that opportunity. We're doing that via Zoom, so make sure you stay tuned for more information. For those of you that are watching on stream, just make sure you connect with us on our Facebook platform. Follow us, subscribe to us on YouTube, and I do thank you for joining us on today. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And so it's not just a thing about... um, um, you're, you're thinking, you know, well, um, I'm not really sure what I want to do. I'm not really sure. And it's okay. Sometimes we're all in that place where we are contemplating. That's not what I'm talking But when the Lord has given you his minded, you become double-minded. Then, and and let, let me say this to you, Triad. See, double-mindedness just doesn't stop in the church. Can I talk to you? You find a person that's double-minded, and the Bible says he's unstable in all his ways. If you look at his finances, oops, he's double-minded. It shows because his finances are just crazy. You look at his relationships, oops, crazy. The Bible says that you are what? Unstable in all of your ways. And it begins to spread. That's the reason it's important that we get off the fence, that we make a decision that we're going to believe God. The old people used to say, I'm going to believe him or die. That's not the testimony of some of you in here. Your thing is, I'm not going to die. And whatever I got to do, if, if, if he shows up when I need him, good. If he doesn't, I'm taking things in my own hands. But we come against that spirit in the name of Jesus. Why don't you just lift your hands and say, God, help me. God, help me. Because every now and then we all feel that way. We all feel like God is moving too slowly. Is that right? Am I talking to a church today? So we have to make sure that we uh, uh, come off the fence and that we decide that we're going to serve God and only God. Hallelujah. Now, very quickly, corresponding faith that empowers one to receive. Again, don't forget the title. The power, the the, uh, empowerment to receive, empowerment to receive the blessings of God. Corresponding faith that empowers one to receive may cause you to lose your present identity in order to receive or become who you really are. You know, those of you who think you're all that and a bag of chips, you may have to give up that identity, especially when you know you're lacking and you're in need. In Mark 10, blind Bartimaeus was one of my husband's favorite biblical scriptures. Blind Bartimaeus was blind, meaning he couldn't see, but he could hear. And he could hear what the people were saying about Jesus was in the midst. And blind Bartimaeus began to holler out, Jesus, Jesus. And some of the people started acting just like some of y'all. That's too loud. Who's you hollering for? God ain't deaf. But he continued to holler, Jesus, Jesus. 
And he probably looked around and told the people, you ain't blind, I'm blind. I need help. And when Jesus recognized him, the Bible said that blind Bartimaeus threw off his cloak. And another term for cloak is he threw off his beggar's coat. So you got to understand that there was a special coat for beggars. They had pockets. So that if you gave them food, they had a pocket for that. If you gave them money, they had a pocket for that. When he wore that beggar's coat, people knew he was lacking. They knew that he needed help from them in order to make it. But when Jesus told him to come, he threw that. That was his identification. That cloak identified him as being a beggar. But once he met Jesus, he threw it off. Some of you in here today, you've got some beggar cloaks. You need to throw it off. It might not be the beggar's cloak, but it might be um, some other uh, uh, um, apparel, some other covering that you have that identifies who you are. But Jesus is saying today that in order to have corresponding faith that empowers one to receive, you got to lose your present identity. You got to lose your present identity in order to receive or become who you really are. You hear that? Who you really are. Say that, who you really are. Because, see, many of us are living beneath our privilege because we're not living who we really are. The second thing, corresponding faith that empowers one to receive may cause you to lose your shame when you get tired of being tired. You begin to desperately see God and his son, Jesus. You know, there have been many mothers and many women who have been in abusive situations. Now, that doesn't mean that the man has never been because there were some fighting women. But there have been many mothers who have been in abusive situations. And they take it and they live in it for years and years. You've heard of such stories until they get tired. And once they get tired, either they're going for the gun or the door. And so... When you become desperate, you're ready for that thing to end. So was the situation of um, the woman with an issue of blood. She had been sick, and there, all three of, the, three of the four Gospels carried her story. And she had been sick for how many years? Twelve long years. Now, she was experiencing her own type of pandemic because according to the law, she couldn't be around anybody. She couldn't touch anything. If she touched anything, it was declared unclean. If she came near anybody, she had to begin to scream, unclean, unclean. Could you imagine you being in that situation? Some of you have been complaining ever since COVID-19 uh, shutdown started. And I can honestly say that I have problems because my thing is I'm a social being, such as all of you. And my thing was, I can't be around anybody. I love people. I want to be around people. I want to go out and eat. I want to do this. I want to do that. But this woman, and how long has it been? A little over a year that we've gone through this? But this woman had been in this situation, the Bible says, for 12 years. She has been in quarantine. I think we can understand her situation a little better after having been in quarantine ourselves. 
but she was tired. She couldn't perhaps visit with her children. She couldn't see her grandchildren. So she was not, she just wasn't a woman with an issue of blood, but she was tired. She was weak. She was lonely. She was ready to get out of that thing just like you all are about this pandemic. Therefore, we call her desperate, like some of you are desperate today. In Luke 11, 9, and 10, it says that we have to continue to ask, to seek, and to knock. And this is a, a, a continuation of prayer. That's how we ask. That's how we seek. That's how we knock. We have to continue to do that. It's not just to ask, to seek, to knock, but it's asking, that I-N-G, which indicates it's a continuous process. For those of you who don't like to talk to God any more than a few minutes to tell him what your problem is, you won't, you won't survive here. There is a consistent asking, a consistent knocking, a consistent seeking in order to get your uh, answer. And she came out against everything that everybody thought she should do. She came out crawling. Could you imagine in a crowd of people and I've got to crawl? I'm already tired. I'm weak. I'm disappointed in my situation, but I know that there's help. She hears of Jesus. She knows about Jesus. She realized, she realized that she could have what Jesus had if she could just touch him. Some of you today need to realize that whatever it is you need, whatever it is you've been asking God for, and it seems like it's been taking years, you need to reach out today and touch him through your faith. He's not walking in here with his robe on, but his presence is here. That's the reason in church it's good to lift your hands. That's how you touch him. It's good to open your mouth and begin to praise God. That's how you touch him. You know, we got, we got real smart saints. Well, you can't touch his him in this day and time. And you are so right. But you can reach out and touch him. And so you may see me raising my hands in my car or raising my hands in here. And my thing is, God, I need to touch the him. I need to have what the him, what, what your presence will give. And so uh, that is, that, that's another way um, that we can receive the empowerment to receive the blessings. We've got to become desperate. Are there any desperate people in here today? I mean, I'm not talking about folk who are like, well, I mean, if he does it, fine. If he doesn't, I'm okay. But do we have any desperate people in this place today? I'm one of those desperate people. Desperate people will make, desperate, uh, 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 when you're desperate, it'll make you do things you don't normally do. You know, we want to keep it holy and in sync with the law, but it will make you do things, you know, that you really don't want to do. So that's the reason we need God to answer. Moving on, um, the, the third thing that uh, uh, being empowered uh, could, could uh, make cause is that you have to lose your whining. Y'all know what whining is? You know how your children come around, you pulling on your dress, whining, mama. Sometimes they don't even know what they want. Mama, mama. What is it, Mary Jo? Mama. That's whining. Stop your whining and voice your desire. You have to lose your whining, your complaining, your delusional thinking. I hate to say it, but I've seen inside the body of Christ 
that rather than pray, people would prefer to whine and complain and, and, and be overly analytical. Oh, he said that. He was talking about me. Oh, she looked at me this way. Then she knows what I did. Nobody, can I serve this notice on you? Nobody knows what you did unless you told them. And the only people who are talking are the few people that you told your business. Can I get an amen? The Bible says in John 5, and a certain man, we know the story, who had an infirmity for 38 years, had been by the poolside. Jesus asked him a simple question. You know, can I say this to you? That you can be in the right place for receiving but have the wrong attitude? You can be in the right place, but the wrong attitude. Watch this. Jesus goes up to the man. He says, hey, will you be, set, will you be healed? And I, the man didn't know it was Jesus. But if somebody came up to me and said, you want to pay off your house? Even if I don't know your name, if you look like you have capability of doing so, my answer is yes. But instead of the man being excited, what does he start doing? Complaining. Sir, I had no man. When the water's trouble, to, there's nobody to put me in the pool. And then all these other folk, and if, and if you're of a certain persuasion, you begin to call people the little names. All these other folk, they rush out in front of me. They get in the pool before me. I just don't understand it. They seem like they're, they're more inclined to let Mary Jo and Susie Mae do stuff. And here I am. Nobody's looking at me. Woe is me. I feel so sorry for myself. I don't know what the Lord is doing to me. But if this is what being saved is, I tell you what, I'd rather be unsaved. And you go on and you complain. Jesus heard this. But guess what Jesus did? He still healed him. That's the reason some of you who have been complaining, you've been in your twos, and God is still blessing you. Don't get it twisted. He didn't bless you because you were right. He blessed you because he was merciful. And that's the reason we can put our hands together and praise the Lord. So when the, so, so the man uh, uh, is, is told to take up his bed, and he takes up his bed and all these bystanders, you know the people who ain't been able to walk in 38 years. They're like, man, what happened to you? I mean, what happened? How, how you walking? He said, uh, uh, somebody prayed for me and, you know, I got strength in my legs. And he didn't even know who to tell the people. Because now what was Jesus doing? Jesus was hiding out, y'all, because he knew they were, they were seeking him to kill him. So he couldn't even enjoyed the miracle at that time. But when Jesus saw the man going to the temple, and we don't hear a lot about this other part, Jesus runs into the temple and finds this brother. He said, hey, 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 uh, um, um, I, I ain't finished with you yet. He says, behold, you are whole. You are healed, but sin no more least a worse thing will come upon you. Can I say something to you that feel that God has finished his directors in your life? He just gave you what you prayed for. He gave you a nice husband. He gave you a nice home. He gave you a good job. And you go and acting like you don't know who God is. He said, don't get it twisted. Don't sin anymore. 
if you do, worse things will come upon you. Wow. Then when the man leaves, he knows now that it's Jesus. And he begins to talk to the people about Jesus. I want you to know today that we have the power of God. We have the authority. Daily, we are enabled, empowered to walk in the things of God. As believers, we must watch our mouths. What comes out of our mouths, will, are, the words are building our future. And that's the reason you can't rely on your past. If you talk about your past defeats more than you talk about your future victories, you know where you're going to get stuck? In the past. But your words form your future. You use the present time to form your future because, hey, look, just a few minutes ago was my past. This is my future now. And I am talking my, what, future. Our words should never be used to rehearse our defeats. Words are used to thrust us into the future that God has called us to be. And as I end today, I, I'm just so thankful because I realized that um, um, the David and Goliath uh, story is a powerful story. But you know, David was able to kill a giant, a, a, a man that all of the strong military men, we're talking about uh, uh, military men. I know we got some ex-military men in here. All of the, Goliath had these great military men running like rats. And here comes a child, David. That, and it seemingly the, the, um, the giant could have picked him up and flung him. But I want you to understand how David framed his future. When you frame your future, you frame your victory. When you frame your future with the words that God's given you, then you are able to frame your victory in every area. There should be no believer here at Triad Christian Center or anywhere going around saying, I'm just a failure. I'm always defeated. Nothing happens good. When I think I've made one step forward, I get thrown back four steps. That's not our speech. That's not our communication. The thing I liked about David David became interested in the giant because he heard so many people talking about how mean and bad he was and his history and his past with killing people. And nobody wanted to go out and fight. But the thing that made David different was the fact that David, if you read the scripture, David never said anything about his size. He never discussed the fact that it was a giant. You would have thought it was somebody like um, um, some, some of the men in, in church, you know, maybe uh, men who are shorter than you are. He never, you know why? Because that wasn't the issue with David. That wasn't an issue with God, so why should it have been the issue with David? And so while the others were saying, even David's older brothers, are you crazy? This Goliath has killed, he's been fighting since he was a youth. Nobody was brave enough. But you know how David became brave enough, got the confidence, became empowered, or took advantage of his empowerment? He began to speak the word of the Lord. And, and, and the, 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 the only thing you heard him say when the brothers were talking about this, this monstrous-looking enemy, he called him, you uncircumcised Philistine. 
said nothing about his size. So here he was building the anger up because he knew that that, uh, 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 that uncircumcised Philistine was not supposed to take the lives of the Israelites. And so he's getting more and more empowered. And he begins to talk to him. And whereas, and he begins to talk junk. Have y'all ever been in a place on the schoolyard where people are talking junk to each other? You all have, right? Young people, people are saying, well, listen, I, I, you, you try it. No, you try it. You know, drawing a line. David goes up to the line. And he says, uh, um, whereas the, the uh, uh, Goliath was talking junk, David said this, you come against me. You come against me with your sword and your spear and your javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And I can have defied this day. Say this day. This day the Lord will hand you over to me. In other words, I might not be able to jump and smack you upside your head, but God's going to just hand you over to me. There are some things that's too big in your life. And you know in your natural, you can't jump up and smack them upside the head. But what God's going to do, he's going to hand them over to you. And so the story, we know the story. Goliath is struck in the head by a little pebble. Enough to lower him down to where David can actually reach him. And David walks up to him takes Goliath's own knife. Say, it's something when you get killed, but when you get killed with your own stuff, there's a God on your side. There's some people who have weapons that have been set out to defeat you, to kill you, to destroy you. But can I tell you this day that God is going to allow you, he's going to empower you to take that weapon that was meant for you and use it on them. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Y'all, y'all, you, you, don't, you don't have enough concerns. You don't have enough. That, 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 that job situation, that job situation where people are trying to bring you down because they've seen your success. God has said, that's the reason I tell people. We were going through a situation a couple of months ago. I said, don't worry about it because this is what I do know about God. He'll give your enemy an enough rope. Just let him run. Just let him run. Just let them talk. Just let them be bad. You bad, you bad, you bad, you bad. Let them be bad. Because eventually, they're going to have enough rope to hang themselves. You won't even have to do it. So I want you to stand to your feet today. What a mighty God we serve. What power we have as believers. Can you leave this place today knowing that victory is yours. It's not just the song that we sing, but victory is ours. I thank God. I thank God for Triad. As I look at this building and I shared it with Evangel this morning, my husband had a word from the Lord when, uh, before we got married that he was supposed to come to North Carolina. This is what you call corresponding actions, behavior. And you know, back then, for a man to move to where his wife is, that was kind of taboo. You're going to her hometown. She should be coming up here. He said, but no, I know you're not supposed to come here. And so he moves here. And I can't say that my husband had prayed to become a pastor. He never shared that with me. But two months after we were married, he was called to pastor. And you could say 
that that was that came about as a result of his following the directives of God. However, um, I, I realized Pastor Josh, and I don't know if anybody else is here, maybe Anthony, um, that was with us uh, during that time. Maybe not, Anthony. I don't think you were yet. But when we were on Freeman Mill Road, now that was the door that, that the Lord opened, and he walked through it. The whole time we were on Freeman Mill Road, we would stand up, and my husband would lead us in the chant. Um, repeat after me. Uh, God, we thank you for the packed house. And we would begin to say, Lord, we thank you for the packed house. And, and, and visitors, the few visitors we had would look around and like, packed house? It's only 15 of us here. But we kept saying it, God, we thank you. And we just wouldn't say it, but we, some of us would just go off shouting. We would go out, but it didn't happen. And what, the, the, the city sent us a notice saying that we had to move, Elder Taylor, because we were in an old dilapidated church and the cats had just as many rights as we had. So my husband and Elder and some of the others started looking for buildings that were already built, thinking that they could uh, um, cause, turn it into a church. And I'll never forget, we were invited over to the McClurkin's house in Winston-Salem. And John McClurkin, Bishop John McClurkin, spoke to my husband. And just like this, over, over steak, it wasn't nothing spiritual. It didn't come out no fasting. Over steak, over fellowship, he said, Doc, you can build. Well, you got to know my husband. First of all, he didn't know anything about building, didn't know anything about business. My husband had been a drug addict. So who, what, what, what do you mean I can build? And he was uncomfortable with the idea in the beginning. But as God began to press, he began to build. He built the first church on Dillard Street. And can I tell you that once he heard that word, he not just became a builder of buildings, but he became a builder of men and women. And can I say this to you, that after he received that word, every church that we built was packed. It grew to capacity. And even Evangel, my husband sent three churches out of Evangel. One church, he sent 193 people. He sent people. And I, I told Elder Hutton, I said, that's, that's what the Lord showed me that he really did not walk in his true destiny until he heard a word. So let me say this. When you obey God, when you hear God speak, and you follow his directives, you may not be all the way on the inside of the building. You may just be there at the opening door. But you are in the right place. Say, I've got to be in the right place to hear the right word. And so uh, when he went there, God blessed him. And Father, we just thank you for the people of God today. We thank you, oh God, that you have empowered us all to receive every blessing. God, we thank you, Father, because we will not go into a depressed state or emotional state because it seems it seems like nothing is happening. But God, allow us to remain steadfast, immovable, always believing in the word of God, always looking for the answer, always looking for you, God, because in you we have our answer. 
God, I pray for every mother today, regardless of what she may be going through, God. I pray that you will bless her, that you will keep her, that you will uh, uh, give her ability to employ your wisdom and your strength. There's a mother in here who has to make a major decision. God is saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. Lean your ear close to my mouth and allow me to speak peace to your heart. In the name of Jesus. Come on, all mothers, I want you just to lift your hands. Let's touch the hem of his garment. Come on, raise your hands. Touch the hem of the garment. Father, we thank you for being in our midst. We thank you, oh God, for what you're doing. We leave this place today, God, strengthened, encouraged, motivated, excited. And we come back, oh God, with an answer, with an answer from God. In the name of Jesus, put your hands together. Come on, try it. Let's bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Come on, y'all. Bless him. Bless him. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Thank you for attending the Love University at Triad Christian Center with your host and professor, Pastor Joshua Lockett. We pray that today's message encouraged you to love God, love yourself, and love others. If you have accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, congratulations, you have made the best decision of your life and we want to celebrate and connect with you text follow christ to 81411 are you over social distancing we have plenty of ways for you to connect and engage with our ministry online visit us on twitter and instagram at triad christian Facebook Triad Christian Center or on our website triadchristiancenter.org for more information. We look forward to connecting with you. If you would like to give to our ministry, you may do so by texting 336-203-0708 with any amount or visit our website triadchristiancenter.org slash online underscore giving. Lastly, you may send it by mail to 4321 Barrow Road, High Point, North Carolina, 27265, and make all checks payable to Triad Christian Center. Until next time, know that we love you. Be blessed and stay safe.